Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today, we're discussing timeless mental models and philosophies that can be used to consistently pursue and accomplish difficult goals and overcome adversity. I'm here with growth expert Clint Murphy, who's the host of the Growth Guide podcast. Clint's going to talk about principles like extreme ownership, inversion, reciprocity, and more. Today, you're going to learn about stoic philosophies that shape Clint's mindset and decision-making. This is a wisdom-packed episode that will upgrade your thinking for sustainable success. Now, there is a little bit of colorful language, so if you have kids around, you may want to listen at another time, but this is a fantastic episode. I was so pumped to record it, and I'm really excited to share it with you. So let's lean in and learn from the best. What are the most important mental models that you've learned over the years for personal growth? And I'd say sustained growth. Yeah, number one is own your shit. And so you have to recognize, you know, radical ownership, radical responsibility, however you want to define it. Um, Joggle Willing talks about extreme ownership. At the end of the day, you have to realize Nobody is coming to save you. Nobody will do the work for you. Nobody is just going to come and say, hey, you won the lottery. Here's a million dollar check. So whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's financial, you are the one who has to do the work. You are the one who has to go to the gym. You are the one who has to lift the weights, who has to say no to the cream puffs and has to go out and do what's required to earn more. And has to make the decisions to spend less and to invest properly. So extreme ownership is by far the number one thing that I want people focused on in their lives. Because once they do that, then that triggers into the remaining. The second one I like to focus on is the idea of the Pareto principle. Once you learn it, it's so hard to ever forget And it becomes such an important part of your life. And for people who are listening, the Pareto principle is sometimes referred to as the 80-20 rule. And what it generally says is that 80% of the results come from 20% of the efforts. And unfortunately, how this also works is if you look at Tinder, for for example, apparently it's even more magnified, but 20% of the people will get 80% of the swipes. And so you tend to have the oversized results concentrated in an undersized amount of the population. But this works in almost every aspect of life and nature. And once you know it, what you really want to do, Eric, is you really want to say, what are those 20% activities? And for example, let's go back to fitness. You and I have talked about fitness a few times. When it comes to fitness, like people overdo it way too much. I still remember a company I was at 20 years ago, they played a video called The Fat Smoker. And this was a guy who was completely out of shape uh, and was a smoker. And he's like, but while he's talking in the video, he's fit and he's lean. And he's like, hey, you know, what do you think it takes to like go from that to this? And everyone's throwing out their answers. He's like, no, it's simple. Eat less exercise more. (laughs) Like It really is that simple, right? We all want the complex because if we fail at the complex, we can blame the complexity. Oh, that program was too hard. 
get off your ass, go for a walk, walk more every day and eat a few less calories at every meal. You'll be in better shape. So that is the 80-20 rule at its simplest is you try to make everything simple. And it's one of the biggest problems in life. Almost everything is simple. If you want to lose weight, it's simple. If you want to be wealthy, it's simple. All of these things are simple. None of them are easy. Refer back to rule number one, own your shit. Nothing is easy. It's simple. It's not easy. So you need to focus on how do I simplify everything? And that's what I try to do with my life is boil everything down into its simplest component. In a past conversation, you and I talked about the concept of no plan do. So know what you want, have a vision, understand what it takes to achieve, have a roadmap or a plan. And then three, do the work day in, day out. That is the combination of breaking it down to its simplest form in the extreme extreme ownership. Once we're past those two, then a big one that ties to the ownership is this idea of, it's less a mental model that you're going to use for decision-making, but it's the idea of investing in yourself. And so what I want people to do is to always be thinking, how do I become better? How do I become smarter? How do I improve my performance? And so always investing in yourself. Now, let's chat about a couple mental models, if you will, that I love from Charlie Munger, who just passed away, that if you do those three things and and then you do this, you're going to be in good shape. So the first one, Charlie would always say, invert, always invert. And so for an inverting or inversion is this idea of starting at the end. So don't start at the beginning, start at the end. And, and what it can look like for a lot of the listeners is you and I have talked a few times about that idea of knowing what you want. And some people, maybe I don't know what I want. Okay. But you do know what you don't want. So that's where we can start. I know I don't want to weigh 210 pounds. So I can say, okay, well, I don't want to weigh 210 pounds. If I were going to weigh 210 pounds, what would I be doing that would lead to that? And then I don't do it. <laughs> and so, you know, so Charlie would always say like, tell me when and where I'm going to die. So I'm not there. Yes. It's right? so practical. <laughs> like it's so practical. You start with what you don't want and you know what it takes that's going to lead to it. And you say, okay, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So it's so much easier than saying, well, okay, what do I want? How do I get there? You just say, what don't I want? And then you don't do it. Oh, I want to stop making an ass of myself at the Christmas party when I get shit-faced. This is really appropriate now. We're recording before New Year. You're going to hear it after New Year. I want to stop making an ass of myself when I get shit-faced at the Christmas party. Let's invert. Easy answer. Don't get shit-faced at the Christmas party. You won't make an ass of yourself. So love. I love inversion. The other one that gets so many humans in trouble is this idea of reciprocation. And so the idea of reciprocation is if you do something for me, I'm inclined to do something for you. Hmm. And people don't realize the subtle ways that salespeople use this against us, Eric. How often do you go into a store and they offer you a bottle of water? Right. They're putting coins in the bank. They're putting coins in the bank. As soon as you take that bottle of water, that's a favor. 
You're like, oh, well, you gave me a bottle of water. I owe you buying a watch or buying a pair of shoes. Hey, you want a cold drink? You want a cold drink? Yeah, yeah. Can All I right. get you? A, and, and you go into a high-end jewelry store. Can I get you a glass of champagne? Oh, yes. They're also getting you intoxicated. Oh, well, the worst one of all, when my brother went to Las Vegas, what do you think the number one thing I told him not to do? Drink alcohol. No, no. I know he's going to drink, but I said, for the love of God, brother, do not accept the free meal from the timeshare people. <laughs> that is the worst experience. He came back with a timeshare, Eric. No. He came back with a timeshare. Oh, I, did, I made that mistake once on a vacation, <laughs> and they, like, put the screws to you. I mean, it is like they make you feel so bad if you do not get the timeshare. They're like, well, just forget it, you know, like one of those type of things. It was awful. <laughs> a simple mental model over optimism. Hmm. So when life's going well, we base all of our decisions and planning off of that optimistic time in life. So, oh, hey, like the market's doing well. Like to the moon, you know, you always hear these young guys nowadays, like Bitcoin to the moon or the GameStop to the moon. Well, hey, you're being a little over optimistic. Nothing goes to the moon. And if you're planning your life on that, you're going to get yourself in trouble. So just having that pragmatism. I always like to refer to it, Eric, is, and there's a book by this title, I believe, plan for the best, prepare for the worst. So of course. don't make all of your decisions based on that optimistic nature. You don't want to have too dark a colored lens, but you want to be smart about it. And the Stoics would practice what they called a premeditatio malorum. So they would premeditate on the worst things happening. Mm. So that that would kind of bring back that level of realism. And then they would live their life. And then if bad things did happen, they wouldn't be stuck in this fear and shock because they would have somewhat premeditated. Now, you know, some things you premeditate, you still end up in that spot. So uh, it doesn't always work. I want to pause for just a moment and ask you to do me a quick favor. You know, we don't run ads on this show. And the only way that we grow is through word of mouth and through ratings and reviews on these different listening platforms. So do me a favor. If you haven't left us a rating yet, just pause right now. Go to whichever listening platform you're joining us from and give us a rating as this will help us reach more people with the message of the blueprint. The other one that gets people in trouble, I call it the Kardashian effect. So I want this mental model to stick for more people. And uh, I'd love Kardashian effect to someday be in a, in a wiki or something. And, and I can say, Hey, I started that and we can, you know, we'll have this for proof and some other podcasts and writing I've done. But what I refer to as the Kardashian effect, in fairness, Charlie referred to this as a little bit envy and jealousy. And we tend to want what others have. And why I call it the Kardashian effect is they were really the people who started this I started this idea of we're going to become rich and famous by showing you the lifestyle of someone who's rich and famous. I mean it's caviar dreams and champagne lifestyles, right? Robin Leach. Robin Leach of the rich and famous, right? Caviar yeah. caviar dreams. <laughs> anyway, uh for um, all the kids of the eighties, I know yeah. it. I know it. <laughs> yeah, our parents would watch it, right? Yeah. And, and that's because they were expressing envy and jealousy. But then the Kardashians brought that to their own channel and then they brought it to Instagram. And now you have influencers everywhere 
who are, I call them jet renters and Lambo loners, right? So they rent jets and they lease Lambos for a day so they can have their photo shoots so they can sell you a lifestyle. And so recognizing that, so you don't go stare at these and want all this shit. We've talked in a past episode, Eric, about financial independence. And one of the key things is spending less. But all of this social media, all of the Kardashian effect, it's getting us to want to spend more because we want their lifestyle. The problem is we can't afford their lifestyle. Live the lifestyle you can afford. Yeah, I grew up in Dallas. My mom used to call them the 30,000 heirs. You know, they graduated college and it's like... Beamer. Yeah, and and then I had some friends that got in real trouble, like devastating issues where they, you know, they were broke and their family had to bail them out. And it's a hard lesson to learn. But that's where contentment comes into play. Like, be thankful for what you have. Be grateful for it. And, you know, if you find contentment in material things alone, when those things are taken away, sometimes they can be taken away by a force of nature. Yeah. You can't control if everything in your life is tethered to those material things, you're going to be left pretty empty. 100%. And what you just said right there, let's, we'll do the last one for Charlie and then I'll throw you two of my favorite is that idea of thankful, that idea of grateful. What I tie to that is humility. Hmm. And so too many people have uh, what Charlie would call excessive self-regard. It's all those people you know, Eric, who when things are going well, they attribute it to their skill. Mm. When things go wrong, they attribute it to bad luck. Or it's the opposite of the concept of the window in the mirror, which is one of my favorite leadership concepts, which is when things are going well, you look through the window and you attribute it to your team. You attribute it to the people. When things go south, when things go bad, that window fogs up, becomes a mirror, and you point at yourself. It went bad on me. It went mm-hmm. good on my team. And so having that humility to reduce the self-regard and to recognize what leads to the actual results so you can replicate it, mm-hmm. I think that becomes very important. The last two for me that I tend to really focus on, I, I ended up getting these ones tattooed. You, you mentioned Ink Magazine. I got these ones tattooed onto my forearm and symbolically was the uh, two stoic ideas. One is the uh, memento mori, so remember I must die. And so recognizing not looking at it in a negative way, but if I'm going to die, and I know I'm going to die, that's the one thing we all know, is I need to live life. I need to go after what I want. I need to know what I want, and then I need to go F and get it. And that's how I live my life, is it can be hard on my wife, because sometimes like I go through a lot of periods, and I go through a lot of change, and I'm not a guy who's just going to have a job and work it for 30 years. But that's part of because I'm going to die. Like, I know, honey, I know you want me to just be stable and work this job and make this money. But like when I'm on my deathbed and I'm 80, I don't want to look at you and say, I worked that job for 30 years. Like that was 30 80ths of my life. That's three eighths. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're measuring shit for carpentry, three eighths is not a small number. It's just shy of a half. (laughs) Like, screw that. Not giving someone almost half my life. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, that's an example. And then the second one is Amor Fati. So is embrace your fate. It's going back to a past conversation and this idea of the universe. And this concept that you hear of everything happens for the best possible reason. 
in some moments in life, that's really hard to remember. It's really hard to say, well, that, that was pretty shitty. Yes, and there are shitty things that happen, but it's all part of our lives. And so we can't just ignore the pieces because all of those parts shape who we are. And so not only recognize them as the parts, but embrace it. So that's my fate, embrace the fate. And the person who that really stuck out with was one of the Stoic philosophers that people often quote is a man named Epictetus. And he was a slave. And his owner, early in his slavery, he was eventually freed, but had crippled him. And so Epictetus is one of the people who would often write about fate and who would often write about embracing fate. And when you look at the life he led and all the trials and tribulations that he went through, you know, it pales, it makes almost anything that the average one of us goes through pale in comparison. And so for me, Memento Mori, Amor Fate, those become two very big shapers of my life. And I think people would really benefit by those ones. Buddy, this has been rich on so many levels. I'm so thankful that I found you on Twitter, X, whatever they call that thing now. I know this has been very enriching. And as I was reading and preparing and I I just randomly reached out to you, you know, I saw some things that you had written and I was like, I really like this guy. And if people want to learn more about you, if they want to follow, if they want to get along the journey and get more of this amazing insight, how can they find you? The best spot is the growth dot guide the growth dot guide and that has links to the podcast newsletter all of our socials and in 2024 most of that will be coming uh, over the course of 2024 that'll becoming become everything i do eric is uh, away from working for others to doing this full time i love it well i really appreciate you thank you for spending time with us and i'm excited to be along the journey and uh, to continue to nurture our friendship and relationship with you, Clint. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed these episodes with Clint Murphy, definitely go check out his newsletter. Go follow him on X or Instagram. He has great content. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode. <laughs>